G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. There's an old joke that's done the round for many years, and it's often told at weddings, at receptions anyway. And it goes something like this. A rather nervous bride-to-be getting anxious about her wedding day, and especially about the ceremony. She feared that she might forget all that she needs to do when she stands at the altar. And so the pastor to uh, relieve her fears by just saying it's very simple. You walk down the aisle, you stand at the altar, and you sing a hymn, and then I'll take over from there. So those are the only three things you've got to remember. So on the wedding day, the bride walked down the aisle, and she was heard to say these three words over and over again, aisle, altar, hymn, aisle, altar, hymn. And sadly, many people see relationships in that way. They see that it's their responsibility to alter him or her. Now that doesn't only apply in the marriage relationship, it applies in many relationships in life. The great thing about the Word of God is it tells us that our job is not to change anyone. There's only one agent of change and that is the Holy Spirit. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. I'll alter him. Ladies, have you ever thought that? Or guys, I'll alter her. Uh, We're talking about relationships this week on Set Free with Ken Legg, author and teacher. And in particular, we've been looking at toxic relationships, when things go bad or when things aren't quite healthy. And sometimes we might not even realise that our relationships aren't as healthy as they should be. And what do you do if you are in a relationship that has gone toxic? Again, this week we've seen that a toxic relationship is someone one that's harmful where someone is trying to control somebody else. But is there another definition to that? Is there some other sort of toxic relationship? Yeah, there's different kinds. Now, another kind that we're looking at today is uh, where one person actually tries to change the other person. This is a little bit different. It's more subtle than a person trying to control somebody else. In fact, you know, somebody that controls somebody else, they usually have their own agenda mm-hmm. and it's self-seeking, self-serving. They want to use one person to just get what they want out of them and out of life. But often in a relationship where somebody's trying to change another person, they do genuinely want what's best for them. But they've made a mistake and, and it's the problem of failing to distinguish between being responsible for another person and being responsible to them. See, I'm responsible to, say for example, my flock, my church. Mm-hmm. I'm responsible to bring them the Word of God, to pray for them, to visit them, to minister to them. But I'm not responsible for what they do because that's crossing a line where they have to live their own life and make their own choices and their own decisions. And I guess when we get our head around that in our leader capacities, whether we're a pastor like you are or a father or wife, husband or whatever, it actually really changes our motivations. But if, if we're seeking the highest good of somebody else, you know, obviously we would want them to change. But if a person wants the best for, say, a family member, a friend, a church member, I suppose they'll seek to bring about change for the better in their lives. Is that what you're saying? Is it? How does this work? 
what's good. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right, is that they, they really do have a high standard for that person and they want to see them turn out to become, you know, the best sort of person. So they try to change them and make them into that sort of person that they believe they should become. Now, that can go under a term that we, we use today called codependency. Uh, notice the word codependency there, or the term codependency, because there's something in it for both people. You know, so, sometimes people can live off others because they get something from them, and, so, and the other person they're living from actually needs to be needed. Mm. That's where they find their fulfillment in life. And, and sometimes people can get in that kind of relationship where we do that, and we do that, uh, uh, and it gets into a little bit of a toxic kind of scenario. Mm. So why is that? Well, the person who thinks that their role is to change another person actually sets themselves up as the agent of change. But who is the agent of change in our lives? Of course, it's, it's the Holy Spirit. Now, you take it on a personal level. I can't change myself. That's what, that's what we call the flesh. When I start trying to change my life through my own energy and my own efforts and so on, uh, that can become legalism. That, 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 you know, the Bible refers to that as flesh. Mm. Uh, the Bible says that we're actually being changed by the Holy Spirit. We're being changed from glory to glory. Now, if I can't change myself, I'm obviously crazy if I can think that I can change somebody else mm. because it's the same power base, the flesh. It's the Holy Spirit that changes all of God's people. We're, we often think that we can, though, <laughs> and that we have the right to. <laughs> That's right. Where does discipleship fit into this, though? Because that... I guess there's a form of influence itself. Would you say that our role is to instruct others how they should live the Christian life but then leave the changing to the Holy Spirit? Is that what you're saying? I think the goal of all discipleship is to bring people into a place of what I call Christ dependency. Right. And most people are independent. That's the that's the fall. That's where Adam got us is, uh, you know, I did it my way and I'll keep on doing it my way even though it's wrong and it's getting me into trouble. Yeah. So we've got to deliver people from independence. But in doing that, there can be a tendency to uh, bring people in a state of codependency where they live off other people, the discipler, if you Mm. like. But the true goal of um, discipleship is Christ-dependency, that we can bring people into a state where they learn to live from the power of Jesus, learn to live from their relationship with him. Uh, So when codependency takes over there, it actually sends a wrong message to people. It says to them, I have more power of God than you have. You need me. Mm. So you need to keep coming to me. And, and, and you're changed if you keep on doing what I tell you to do. And uh, that actually disempowers the one whom Christ has empowered. And, and in doing so, it actually frustrates the, the grace of God in that person's life. God is wanting to work in them. And so our role as disciples, if I can use that term, is to connect people to Jesus so they learn as branches living in the vine, to draw from his resources and his life. Mm, I love that imagery of, of branches in the vine that we get grafted in. And that's what it's about, that we actually are grafted into him and his supply. There might be some other people that help us along the way to get to that point, but it, it comes back to this thing that we've talked about before, that it's actually it's not about us, it's about him. Yeah. And look, I mean, let's say, for example, in my situation again, if I can keep on relating it back to my position as a pastor, mm. ideally... Um, our people should be able to operate whether I'm in town or out of town. Yes. You know, like if they build their lives around me, they become codependent. Now, that's what we were saying earlier on. I, I'm responsible to my people to feed them, to teach them, to, to counsel them when I'm available and so on, to pray for them, all those things. But I'm not responsible for them 24-7 
uh, to be a life support to them. Jesus is their life. And so they do need to learn to plug into him. So whether I'm you know, in another state or whether I'm in another country, uh, they'll survive because they're not living off me. They're living from his life. I've heard it said before, words to this effect, that any good leader will work to work toward making themselves redundant. In other words, you're building your people up underneath you. Uh, that At any time, you can walk out of there and things just keep going. People know what they're about. And in this case, we're talking about knowing that we're about the King of Kings, you know, we are, yeah. we are tapped into Jesus. Honestly. And I've been trying to do that for years. It's called retirement. But so <laughs> <laughs> You've got the grey hairs. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now all you need is the time to go with it. That's right. What if somebody listening is thinking, you know, some of these dynamics, this codependency that we've been talking about are yeah. working in their lives. What do they do about that? Well, we're looking at two people. Of course, we're looking at the discipler and the disciple uh, or the changer and the changee. <laughs> Uh, so both of them need to ask the question, why did I get into this kind of relationship when it is a substitute for the real relationship? So, mm. for example, let's say somebody is wanting someone else that's younger in the faith to live from their resources, to keep coming to them and asking them questions. And, and uh, you know, they, they attempt to change that person by their sort of methods and means and so on. They've got to ask, why did I get myself into that position? Why do I have a need to be needed? Now, the person that's been living that way needs to ask also, why have I looked to this person instead of looking to Jesus? You know, I need to make that transition from living from a person to living from the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. So it's all a question of looking at motives and how we get to how we got to where we are today. Our series this week is on dealing with toxic relationships and we'll have more for you tomorrow. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage because God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book What's Eating You, which features topics from today's message, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.